in the end, the only thing that ended up working for me was like launching this random business in seven days. I skipped all the bullshit, all of the rules, all of the stuff I was supposed to do. I actually asked people what they thought of the idea. They said they thought it was terrible. I had no choice, so I just did it anyway. So I kind of just ignored all the conventions. And then as a result of that, I sort of more or less found out that validation is not something that really works for small unfunded businesses. It's kind of 99% bullshit. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. Imagine spending seven years as a failed entrepreneur. You keep trying to build a business, having some money come in and then more money going out. Imagine the strains of paying rent, maintaining personal relationships, having a family, and every time you think about going back to a job, you're feeling sick to your stomach. It is a challenging path and one that many entrepreneurs experience at one level or another. Today's guest is Dan Norris. Dan is the founder of WP Curve and the Seven Day Startup Movement. Dan went through this exact process as a failed entrepreneur, then one day he had an idea for a business that his fellow entrepreneurs thought wasn't a good idea. He decided to launch the business anyway. Within 23 days, Dan's idea was profitable. Within two years, he hit a million dollars in revenue, and within three years, he sold that business to GoDaddy. Dan is now the author of four books and has opened his own brewery in Australia. Join us for this incredible story of Dan Norris as he goes from failed entrepreneur to building a seven-figure location independent business, selling it, and then starting a location dependent business. It's a great episode, guys. And without further ado, let's welcome Dan to the show. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. And you mentioned you were joining us from beautiful Byron Bay, Australia today. Is that right? Yeah, I live on the Gold Coast and I just um, just came down here for, for the night. It's a pretty cool spot, Byron Bay. Have you been here? I've never been to Australia. Oh, okay. Well, if you do come to Australia, Byron Bay would be high up on the list, I reckon. It's a pretty, it's a pretty special place. And I hear a lot of good things about the Gold Coast. What makes you love it? It's, well, it's, I'm very close to the beach. I'm like two houses to the beach. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, breweries, restaurants, great lifestyle it's not it's not really a city as such like a a big city which is i miss that a little bit but um it's just a great lifestyle really epic climate it's kind of like like i traveled to um california last year in your in in my winter Uh and it was your summer and it was basically exactly the same same sort of feel same sort of climate you know in winter here that it is in some in summer when i went there and it's it's pretty much like that year round here. It, get, it does get pretty hot in summer, but it's just epic weather, amazing beaches, amazing coastline, good lifestyle, food, restaurants, just kind of everything. It's a good place to live. Are you a surfer? Yeah, good surf too. So Dan, I know your story and I think it's pretty incredible. And you've mentioned that you've had seven years, you had seven years of failed entrepreneurship before things really start to, started to change for you. So I'd love for you to share that journey, that experience with the listeners, all the way up to where you decided to start WP Curve and things started to change. 
Well, I didn't get a start. I gave myself a start, which, <laughs> which I guess what being an entrepreneur is all about. Um, I just was bored working for other people. And I only, I think I only worked for four years out of uni for other people. I, I very quickly got bored in every job, lasted about six months before I kind of changed roles um, and just eventually just left because it was just too boring for me. I need to do something myself. I kind of thought I'd be rich and uh, I'd do that by starting epic businesses and it, it didn't really work out. I, I just, I left one day after getting a promotion. I started a business doing websites for people did that for seven years without really making any real money. Um, it wasn't a very good business. I learned, in hindsight, I think I probably learned a lot. It took me a long time to learn it though. Um, and then after seven years, I kind of gave up on that, started a, a software app, which lasted a year, which was an even bigger disaster, lost all my money, um, and then started WP Curve pretty much out of desperation, which was 2013, I think. Okay, I'd like to talk about those seven years some more. You just had the software app and the website business during that time, correct? Just the website business. Dan, let me ask you, what kept you going during those seven years? Uh, it was very up and down. I mean, I'd have moments where I'd, you know, I'd sort of, the thing is, I just felt the whole time and pretty much still feel that as an entrepreneur, you're on your own and you really, like, I just feel like there's just not enough real information out there. There's not, unless you're really good at networking and you have a lot of entrepreneurial friends, which I never really did, I kind of kept to myself a bit too much. And I just didn't, I just felt on my own. And, and I was just guessing, and I still am guessing, but, but I guess now I've had, had some success. So I kind of know that if you spend enough time guessing, eventually you're going to guess right. But um, back then I'd never had any success. So it really just felt like I was, guessing I was making all the wrong guesses and it just it just you know I'd have brief moments where things were good and I'd, I'd sort of convince myself that things were going in the right direction even though kind of people would be telling me that they weren't and uh but then they they would disappear quickly and, and I'd find myself in a position where you know I thought it was a disaster and wanted to give up and it was just a roller coaster up and down up and down never that high up um but just it just very very challenging and I, I know I know lots of people who are still in that. I mean, I'm still in that as well. But it's just I've had some success. But, you know, a lot of people who haven't had success yet and just kind of feel like they're missing some kind of key element or something, That that's how I felt. I, I mean, in hindsight, I think it was all bullshit and it was all in my head. But um, that that's how I felt. It didn't feel very good. Um, and eventually I kind of got to the place where I just thought maybe I wasn't an entrepreneur and, and had to kind of give up. So I know from experience, that's a really hard place to be. Like I've been there more than once myself and those thoughts come to the back of our heads during those times that say, is this entrepreneurship really something for me? So I'm curious, like when you're in those moments when everything feels like it, you just should give up, what kept you going? Well, I think I, I, think I did give up you know, in small, I think I was even unsuccessful in giving up, to be honest. <laughs> I think, you know, I'd go through stages where I'm like, okay, this is it, I'm done, I'm going to apply for jobs, and I'd look for jobs, and I just wouldn't see any that, that were any good, or I would apply for them and not get them. Um, you know, I moved to moved back to the city, moved back to Brisbane, where I was from, because I thought that would be better, you know, being close to other entrepreneurs, and perhaps having to get a job and being close to better jobs. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much given up more or less, I just, I, I kept coming back to it, probably, 
I don't know. I don't really know why. I, th- I think I, I think I always sort of felt deep down that, that this is what I what I was supposed to be doing. But it was I lost a lot of belief in that after seven years or eight years of just nonstop failing. So I'm not sure. I kind of did give up, and eventually, just you know, I think I was just lucky. I, I hit it with WP Curve. If, if that didn't happen. I'm pretty sure I would be a, a pretty unsuccessful employee for someone right now. <laughs> well, and then after those seven years, you dumped a bunch of money into an app, a software app, built that, lost the money and went broke again, right? Yeah. So tell us what happened when you got the idea for WP Curve. I, I was just, it was probably like a week or two out from running out of all of my money. I was just, I was on a farm with my kids, um, just like doing a day trip. And I was just, I just couldn't pay any attention to this silly farm with these stupid miniature animals. I was um, thinking thinking about work and what the hell I was going to do. When I got home, I remember just sitting in my office and just thinking, fuck, I'm, I'm just going to try something. I'm going to email my list and ask them if they want WordPress support, you know, on a subscription. I got home, I got a WordPress theme, set the site up. And I think, I, I can't remember when I sent the email. Maybe, I think I put it in a forum. I put in the Dynamite Circle forum, which is a forum I've been a member of for a long time, and asked people if they thought it was a good idea. Most people didn't, but I was just like, well, I'm just going to fucking do it anyway because I have really nothing else, no other ideas. And I sent the email out, and I got 10 signups in the first week, and I've got about 10 more signups every week for the next two years. So I'm curious, you're a family man. So was it difficult to manage family life when you're hitting those low times? Absolutely. Yeah, it was really difficult. I, I mean, I would, I would, I mean, I, I would think about what I was going to tell my kids, like what sort of, you know, what their dad did, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was looking at just going back and getting a job and the jobs I was looking at were ones that I would have done six years ago, you know, for less money. Um, just, it just felt like I would have just stepped back in time seven years and just wasted a whole, wasted that whole time. So yeah, that didn't feel good. Um, I, yeah, I struggled raising kids anyway, and the relationship was struggling as well. It ended up breaking down. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't a good time. So what did it feel like when that started to shift with WP Curve? I think I read that you guys were profitable in 23 days, right? Yeah, well, I had I had one developer in the Philippines that I'd employed through my agency, and I'd kept him. They didn't want to take him when they bought the agency. Um, I used him for my software app and I just thought I really don't, I had two developers, I had to get rid of one of them and I had one left who was epic and I just thought I really don't want to get rid of this guy, he's awesome. Um, so that was really my only expense. I had a couple of little expenses, I had the developer and within a week or two I was, you know, covering his costs and covering just the basic costs of like running a live chat app and, and stuff like that, running zero and, and, and little things like that, Infusionsoft I think. Um, or whatever email thing I was using at the time. I think I was using Infusionsoft. Um, so, yeah, expenses weren't high. But, yeah, we, we, we covered that in 23 days and from there built, built it into a profitable business. So it got to the point where you had a team of 40. In two years, you had a million dollars revenue. So, so I'm curious, what changed with your mentality during that time from going to zero to hitting a million revenue in two years? Um. I think, to be honest, I think I really milked it. I mean, I like I'd been writing a lot of content before then. I, I was getting no attention for it. It was really frustrating. I really liked doing it, but I was getting no attention for it. So with WP Curve, I really doubled down on the content. I wrote 
uh, monthly revenue reports. I wrote heaps of posts on our blog, um, developed a site with lots of content. I wrote the seven-day startup, um, eventually went on to write four more books, started speaking at events, started a, a personal uh, Facebook group mastermind, um, eventually did a whole bunch of other stuff as well. I just kept doubling down on, on what was working. And I think it, because I was telling that story and people were following along the story when it was bad, um, when it took off, you know, I took a lot of people with me with that story. So I kind of milked it, not, not in a bad way, just, just in a way that I you know, kept telling that story, kept trying to leverage it as much as I could and turn it into other, other things. And, um, yeah, I mean, it felt, it felt kind of, it felt surreal at times, but you, you get used to stuff really quickly. You know, you get used to failing, you get used to succeeding, you get used to having money, you get used to not having money. Um, and eventually you, you kind of get used to being, you know, I got used to being a, a failed entrepreneur and then I got used to being a successful entrepreneur and then I got knocked on the head a few more times and that, you know, made me a bit more humble again, but that's just kind of <laughs> what happened. Get used to stuff. And you sold WP Curve within three years of starting it, right? Yep. Why'd you guys decide to sell? Uh, well, there was, there was lots of stuff going on. We, we'd been approached by one company uh, to buy us and we'd gone through that process and it had fallen through. But we sort of thought, well, we might as well entertain this. It wasn't growing as fast anymore. Both founders had sort of a bunch of projects they were working on. It was a pretty hands-off business. But, you know, when you've got a business that's doing a million dollars a year and um, it's obviously worth some money, you can't be completely hands-off. I, I never wanted to have, have a business where I was completely hands-off. I always felt that it was there and that, you know, I, I was either going to work on it or I was going to sell it. Um, and it just, yeah, and, and so, so that one fell through and then, then we chased another opportunity. I also had lots of other stuff going on. I was, I was in a position where I, I could earn income away from that business. I, I, I had already started the process of um, – of brewing beer with my mates to start this brewing business. So at the time when, when the next opportunity came, the first meeting we had in San Francisco was, was actually the same day that our brewery launched. So I was working on that behind the scenes. Um, and I had something really good to go on, go on to. And so the timing was just really right. The deal was, was really right for, for both parties. And it just felt like the right thing to do. And how long did the selling process take? Uh, about six months, I think. I think we had, yeah, we had an initial meeting. It was June 18 because that was when, when our brewery launched last year, about a year ago. And there was a bit of back and forth. Alex, my business partner, was more involved than I was. He went on to work with GoDaddy in the transition and he's still working there. But yeah, there was, there was a fair bit of back and forth. But, but that's, I think that's pretty standard with, with a deal like that. And did you write your book while you were building WP Curve or was that after? The book was somewhere in there, I think probably in I think it came out in 2013. So yeah, it was, it was in there some sometime the seven day startup. I wrote that just just kind of I don't know. To be honest, I think I think Alex, my business partner, suggested I should write a book, and we we're originally going to write it together. And I just kind of just wrote it because I just found it really easy to write a bunch of words, um, and didn't really expect a lot. I was going to upload it to Amazon, to to my site for free as a lead magnet, and then um, I met Tom Morks um, Tom Morks somehow through the through the Dynamite Circle. I think. And he suggested putting on Amazon and charging for it and, and all this stuff. So I let him kind of handle the marketing. Um, and yeah, it just, it just kind of went really well. And then based on that, I, you know, started a bit of a personal brand. I started a personal mastermind. I wrote 
another book called Content Machine, and then I wrote two other books. That I just sort of figured, well, I can write books now. I may as well keep writing them, and, and I've sold international translation rights and stuff to them, so it turned into like a little bit of a side business that was pretty profitable as well. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the Northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex and for our listeners we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people once they're filled they're gone so if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show tell us more about the seven-day startup what is it exactly about and some of the material it has inside it's, it's really just a story of of um you know for, for the for the first seven years as an entrepreneur i listened to a lot of people and i um, I, I sort of felt like most of the advice I got wasn't right, and I, I did all. The, I felt like I did all the wrong things. And when I launched the software app, again, I like studied the lean startup and tried to like validate my idea and all of this. But in the end, the only thing that ended up working for me was like launching this random business in seven days. When I just skipped the whole, I skipped all the bullshit all of the rules, all of the stuff I was supposed to do. I actually asked people what they thought of the idea. They said they thought it was terrible, but I had no choice, so I just did it anyway. So I kind of just ignored all the conventions. And then as a result of that, I, I, I sort of more or less found out that, you know, validation is not something that really works for small, unfunded businesses. It's, it's kind of 99% bullshit because, like, what exactly are you validating? Like, like my... My analytics dashboard, my software app, was was something that other people had successfully done before. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what exactly am I validating by trying to validate? You know, if I've got product market fit or whatever, it's really it's it's never ever as simple as that. And so, I, I just kind of looked back on my experience and figured that in the end, the best thing to do was just to launch and to do it as quickly as possible. And if you launch enough things and you do it, execute them well enough, then um, eventually you, you'll be able to stumble across an idea that works and, and you can skip the whole validation process. So, so that's essentially the idea of the seven-day startup. Now, I haven't read the book, but I've heard really good things. And actually on Goodreads, you have 4.1 stars out of five with nearly a 1,000 ratings, which is pretty impressive. And you've sold quite a few copies, I think 65,000. Is that right? Yeah, well, so the way the marketing works is in the first three days of launching it, you give it away for free. So I think I think for that book, I gave away probably 10,000 copies. Um, the total amount of sales on Amazon and in other sources is about 70,000 for all my books. The seven-day startup is the most popular, but a bunch of those are free. I'm not actually sure how many actual purchases I've got, but it would be less than that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people have seen the book. That one and Content Machine are probably the two that – that come up often in conversation and, and people often reference. Um, so I think that's like more than the actual number of sales. That's kind of when you know you've done something like when you do stuff online, like all the numbers just kind of end up being bullshit and you know, we're having an impact. Like with black ops, we've got a podcast that has only ever had 20,000 total downloads for, for three seasons. Um, but we always hear from people in person that, they like it and they've seen it. So they've, they've listened to it. 
Um, so, so I know it's getting traction, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah the, the Startup and Content Machine are two books where I know people have read them, I know they know the names, and people have used them as a bit of a template to do to start businesses, some as, as big as seven-figure businesses, quite a lot of six-figure businesses. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're, they're probably the two ones that seem to have, have the biggest impact. So you have Content Machine, which is one book, then Operation Brewery, which is about the launch of your brewery that you're running now. Then you have a third book, well, actually a fourth, called Creator Hate. Tell us what that one's about. Yeah, so this one, this is more just like a, I know sometimes I kind of just get inspired to write stuff that's not, that's just a bit different. And I, I think I, I sort of got inspired by the Big Magic book because I really love that book, but I sort of felt like it was pretty airy fairy for like the average blokey sort of entrepreneur so i had this idea of of um i think it started from like a i actually i think it started from like a quote which was like um a ricky gervais quote which i'll probably stuff up but it's something like it's better to uh, create something that others others criticize than create nothing and criticize others i think that's the quote and that it just made me think like you know i, I spend way too much time on facebook and you put stuff out on Facebook and there's always people that will just criticize it and there's always people who will champion it and or will just be creating their own stuff. And and more often than not, the people criticizing stuff that other people make are not making anything for themselves and they kind of get in this vicious spiral where they just get letting this force, force of negativity take over their behavior and as a result, they don't realize that, that the impact for them is that they just create a whole lot less. And they they have a whole lot smaller impact on the world and the people around them. Um, so I like the idea of this creator hate and, and and both components being in every person, and and the idea of, of sort of feeding the creator and starving the hater. Um, and yeah, and I just wrote. I was on a plane. I just wrote it, and it's a short book, but yeah, it seems to have had a bit of a struck a bit of a nerve as well. Yeah, I like the premise of that a lot. Dan, have you found that when hearing back from the quote-unquote haters, as opposed to the creators, do you feel like you hear the negative feedback more often as opposed to the, the positive feedback? No. No, no. I, I don't hear more. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pretty vigilant with that. Like on Facebook, if there's negative people, I always block them or I unfollow them. If anyone you know posts a negative comment on my feed, I'll often just delete it because you know that tends to encourage other people to start thinking negatively and it just ruins the whole feed. So I, I mean, it's my, my Facebook page. I can, I can delete whatever the hell I want on there. So people don't have a right to bring down the mood of what you're putting out there. So I just have zero tolerance for it. So I actually don't get that much negativity at all. Um, and, and if I do, I, I don't really put up with it. I also don't hang around people cause they, they fucking drain me. And I, I, I try to, hang, I don't try, I do hang around positive people and don't have any tolerance for people who are just constantly negative. I can completely understand your sentiment there. Dan, remind me again when you guys started the brewery. Well, in, in 2004, we kind of had the idea. We did a homebrew, and then we, we, did, we did that. I put some labels on it just because I kind of I like doing that kind of thing. We set up a website because I got really carried away. 2015, we started brewing commercially um, just at other, other breweries, so like really small risk, like $1,000, $2,000 per batch that we could sell um, but, but by the end of that year, it was pretty obvious that, you know, we weren't going to turn it into anything if, unless we actually built our own brewery. We raised the money in 2016, um, started, well, to, end of 2015, started the process of figuring out how to build this brewery, documented it all, did a podcast, wrote a book, traveled to China, got equipment, 
uh, found a place on the Gold Coast, raised money for investment and opened uh, exact, more or less exactly one year ago in uh, June 2016. I'm curious about the transition that you've made from going to a successful digital business that you could do and run anything from anywhere around the world to now having a location-dependent business. Yeah, it has been for sure. It, it, it's, I, I sort of got to the point, though, with WP Curve that um, I was working in co-working spaces, more or less living on the Gold Coast. I mean, I was living on the Gold Coast, not really traveling that much. Um, I did have the capacity to, and, and I could travel anywhere, you know, with zero notice, and, and I did do that. Um, but I was pretty settled still on the Gold Coast, and, and I actually didn't, I didn't love the remote work thing. I found it pretty motivationally challenging. So I'd sort of come to the conclusion anyway that if I was going to stick with WP Curve, I'd probably build a local team anyway. Um, so the transition to having real in-person contact was a good one, but it's very, very challenging because it's a massive change. I think the the biggest trend, <coughs> excuse me, the biggest transition for me was kind of realizing the potential in what we're doing. It sort of felt like to me as a bit of a side project um, at the time because it was sort of happening slowly. It wasn't really requiring all of my attention, and it was you know it was making beer. It was kind of hard to figure out how that that could be too serious when I had this million dollar business, you know, making profits and and, and all that excitement. But as it turns out. Black Ops is growing way faster than WP Curve, um, and we're already raising our second round of investment. We're already expanding into next door. We're in a market that's exploding. We've hit real traction with what we're doing, and you know I think this business is going to be much much bigger than WP Curve ever was. So that transition has been a a bit of a an interesting one because I, I kind of had to eventually figure out that actually this is probably what I should be focusing my attention on full time and and shut down a few other projects. But it's been a good one. It's much more fun working with people in person than it is, you know, staring at a computer screen. How's your schedule changed from running WP Curve to now running Black Ops Brewery? Um, it's you know, it's pretty the same. I've I've always pretty much worked sort of nine to five ish. I don't I don't really. Well, that's that's actually that's actually probably not true. That's probably not true. I I, I do I do go to the office more or less nine to five. With Black Ops, it can be flexible. You know, some days I could be delivering beer. Other days I could be working the bar. Um, you know, today I've just decided to go away and the work I'm doing is, is fine. I can do that and it's not, not putting anyone out. Um, I, I often will work at home at night time. Like I, I'll probably, you know, make it till five and then maybe have a beer down at the bar downstairs, do a bit of work down there or hang out down there with people. Um, and then if I'm going to do any writing, I'll often do that at night time. Um, if, I, if I surf or exercise, it will normally be in the morning. Uh, go to the coffee shop, walk on the beach every day. That's pretty much it. It's pretty standard sort of routine. What's next for Dan Norris? I'm uh, just trying to focus on Black Ops. So, so we um, last night I put together a prospectus to raise money for our expansion into Next Door, and that took me quite a while to put that together. It's like a thirty page, thirty full A4 pages color like investment prospectus. Um, that's been a fair bit of work. Uh, I, I put that out last night and I've had like 150 something. I don't actually know how many, but it's over 110, 120, maybe 150 uh, people fill in the form to request more information. And that was a form that was supposed to qualify people so I didn't get too many submissions. So there's a lot of interest for investing in what we're doing. So I'll, I'll look to close that round off and then work towards probably a year or so, a year or two maybe 
I do like a really big equity crowdfunding campaign, hopefully for a new brewery, like a big high capacity one where we can brew enough beer to kind of sell it at competitive rates with some of the biggest craft brewers. Um, so yeah, there's, and then there's a whole, and then there's just a whole bunch of marketing and growth and hiring and stuff that we're going to have to do to get there. So there's, there's, there's heaps of work coming up for me. I'm trying to focus on Black Ops pretty much full time. I've pretty much shut down most of my other projects. I've still got the books and the mastermind, but as for like the other projects, I, I really haven't been doing a lot of it. I haven't been doing a lot of speaking or podcast interviews or anything like that, but um, just trying to focus on Black Ops because I think there's a, a big opportunity in what we're doing. We're going to wrap up there today, Dan. If the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about any or everything that you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at the Dan Norris, T-H-E Dan Norris. Same on Twitter. Facebook, I just use my Facebook profile, so you'll just have to follow that if you search for Dan Norris. I think I've hit the friend count limit, so I can't friend people anymore, but you can just follow my Facebook. I post there really regularly. I'm on most of the platforms. I'm on Medium. Um, I've got my own blog, dannorris.me. I've got the Black Ops blog, Black Ops podcast. It's, it's, it's not too hard to find Dan Norris if you really want to. <laughs> Dan, we have to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing all your tips and tricks and wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for coming on the show once again. And... We'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.